the four o'clock football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The four o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Two o'clock football frenzy as we uh, start a little earlier today, go until four o'clock. Elite eight action right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Adam Hill, Cofield, and Angel down at the D. Bar Canada is the spot. I don't know where to go right now. You're throwing me off. You just randomly throw out a tweet during the break with the tag team guys from the insurance commercial and sprinkles. I was like, this has to be big news. Around Las Vegas. What is it? It's not. Is it football related? It is. Well, then it's part of the football frenzy now, isn't it? Uh, The Colts are trying out former Washington tight end Jeremy Sprinkle. All right. Is that the first thing that came to your head was tag team throwing sprinkles in the air after going chocolate, chocolate? I want the the Raiders to sign him. And then we can just use that that gif every single day. Yes. It's pretty good. I mean, how could you not? How could you not use it? Man, it was another weekend of. Scoop, there it is. But it never feels incessant. I don't want to do this again on a Monday, but Lily uncomplicating in the phone zone? service. <laughs> in the zone. Man. And then, you know what? She actually, I actually turned the commercials off now because did you see the message she sent out like a week ago? That she's pregnant? Well, yeah, but she was kind of complaining that people were objectifying her and her body. And I'm like, hey, you just, you just found this out? Yeah. Just you just know that now. Uh, also, they did the old TV trick. So she was doing the uncomplicating basketball. Sure. And she was explaining like, what does in the zone mean? She, you know, she was trying to describe to the average person right. what that means. Uh, and then she she was sitting behind a desk, which was clearly there just to hide the fact that she's pregnant. Right. I think she's actually directing the commercials now. Like she's big enough, not size wise. She's that, a that, big enough star. Yeah, like I don't do. I don't know. Does like mayhem on the insurance commercial? You know, you know that character, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, this, like, like I know these people. Like, if folks have never, I mean, ever, I think. Well, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Do you ever look up people on commercials to find out who they are? Only Lily. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. But there are there are certain commercial actors who've been in commercial campaigns for like Flow for like 10, sure. 12, 15 years. They make a lot of money. Well, yeah. I mean, once you become like the face of a company, didn't they, didn't but they, I didn't know they get to that. They get to the point where, like, you know what? I want to direct a commercial. So Lily was like, "I'm pregnant. I am gonna. I'm going to shield myself. That's what I'm asking for." Yeah, that wasn't even commercials though. That like was, to the that two was guys like, at. Uh, she was I'll, like in studio. I'll mention the place. I feel like they've faded in recent times. The two Sonic guys. Sonic. Like, do they get to direct our commercials? I knew that you were going there. I don't know that. Does Lily direct our commercials? Yeah, you I saw swear. That? I I think she said she directs them. Maybe maybe she was being sarcastic. I think she directs them. Well, didn't the... Uh, she actually said something like, I'm tired of people judging my body. And I'm like, well, this got serious. Well, this was fun before. Nobody's judging. They're obsessing over Ogling. Yeah, ogling. Yes, whatever. Ogling? Is it ogling or ogling? I don't know. I have no idea. Ari, right, look that up. They are... That's, be, not, a, that's not a good source on huh? How to say a word. <laughs> That's true. I don't know why I did that. Um, yeah, people enjoy her. <laughs> I, got, I, don't, I don't know. No, we've, got, we've, got, we've got our little video uh, chat system, and I've, I don't think Ari's ever laughed at anything on the show. But he did. The, he was actually laughing. That was good. Ogling and ogling? Making him happy. That's true. Um, 
so yeah, I, I mean, I get where she's coming from, I suppose, but I, I'd be happy that people are yeah, enjoying on. you. Lighten up, Buttercup. <laughs> so that's, wait, that's is that? Nice. Wait, did that just get bad? No, you're. I no, would you're say that's any. No, I would say that to anybody. I say that. A, I say that about guys more than women. You're calling her a Buttercup. That's that, that's out. Toughen up, Buttercup. Like, Buttercup has been canceled. No, it hasn't. Not for guy. Not guy to guy. No. Then now you're now you're making a judgment on gender. No, the gender is fluid. Not person to person. I don't know. What to, I don't know. What to tell I hate you. this so much. Yeah. I hate our new language rules. <laughs> Speaking of language, did you see Kyle Shanahan in talking about going up to number three as we do our football frenzy, and the fact that he's at the Alabama pro day? He said something to the effect of. You know, there's not much to hide in our draft spot. Ooh. What does that mean? So clearly he's at the Alabama Pro Day while maybe some other Niner scouts are checking out Trey Lance. Or, does that mean the boss is checking out the guy they're going to pick, Mac Jones? Or they're trying to make people think that. Does it matter if we think now that the draft is set with Lawrence at one, Zach Wilson at two. Does there need to be a mystery about who the Niners are going to pick? Well, there does if they plan on trading it. You think they could trade back out of it? They could. They think they can get more for it at some point. That, you know, everybody's thinking, well, they made this this trade clearly means they gave up a lot to move up to that spot. It clearly means that they want a quarterback. Or they struck first because they know that they can get more for it on draft day when people really start to panic about who the third pick is going to be. Make everybody think you're going to go one direction, then try to trade the pick away. That's possible. I think there's a lot of directions they can go in, but there is still there is still a benefit of being mysterious about it. I I said earlier, I'd trade the third pick for, for Deshaun Watson. I would still do that. Seems risky. It seems risky, but it also, like I said, if you told me, you told me he's going to miss the year. If you say, hey, he's not going to be able to play this year. He's going to be suspended or on the commissioner's list or whatever. Okay, I'll still trade the third pick for him and have him for next year. Especially if you can just live with Garoppolo for a year. Shanahan's also said, uh, we still plan on Jimmy Garoppolo leading us. Is that a smokescreen? Could be. I, I, I mean, I, like I said, I don't know what their plan is. I don't know what they're, what direction they're heading in. But it, it's helpful if you if everybody in the league thinks that you're drafting a quarterback and that you're going to keep Garoppolo. Am I ranking quarterbacks correctly saying this? QBs will be in that uh, three slot in all likelihood. Readiness to start right away. One, Mac Jones. Two, Justin Fields. Three, Trey Lance. Yeah. It, Not it, No Lawrence, no Wilson. I'm saying those are the options at three. Is that the order? Yeah, and I think, the, it's, it, I think that's the order, but I think it's also a reverse order of who's going to be the best. Okay. So, so like, that, would, that would require Jimmy G being around while Trey Lance studies under him. If that's the, re- the direction if, you're going. If Jimmy G will but, cooperate, which apparently Joe Flacco is not going to cooperate because he was quoted last week as saying, I'm here to play quarterback, not to mentor. Right. Like, okay, old man. <laughs> yeah. How about you do both? Yeah. Uh, or we can pull the deal. Yeah, or you're not signing. Uh, you noticed that they didn't say Garoppolo is our starting quarterback. They said, we plan on keeping him unless somebody blows us away with an offer, which is, yeah. hey, everybody. Line up what you got. Right. Hey, Patriots, you want to give up that first-round yeah. pick at 15? Yeah. They're open Which, for by the way, 
If the Pats traded the 15th pick in the draft for Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, come on. We were talking to Eric Eager from Pro Football Way Focus like an hour and a half ago, and he threw it out there about, well, maybe it would be the Patriots' second-round pick. 46 like, overall? Like, second-round I wouldn't even trade that. Yeah, I don't think I would either. It's like a, it's like a conditional fourth. Aren't I taking on like $28 million salary, whatever he's making this year? Yeah, I'm trading a second round pick, the 46th pick in the draft. I wouldn't. Am I right that Jimmy Jimmy G has been underwhelming based on what what was traded for him and his salary? Definitely. And and unless, or is winning everything? Do we just go back to he wins? That's valuable. No. Uh, but unless the Patriots still have like some belief in whatever their system is, and that he thrived in it in practice, if that was the case, and that they thought he was ready to step in and be the start the starting quarterback and that he just maybe wasn't utilized right in San Francisco in their system. If that's the case, if you're the if you're the Patriots, maybe you believe something there and you go make the deal. But otherwise, that's way too much for me to give up to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I was looking at the Garoppolo salary somewhere in the 20, 25 to $26 million a year range. Uh, next year, same thing. Although dead cap for the next two years is actually super low. But that wouldn't matter to the Patriots. If they're, gonna, they, they're trading for him, they want him to play. Or you say, we'll trade for you, then you're just going to renegotiate with us. I mean, you could sign a new extension, I guess. Stretch out the money. Sure. Which, for do. Jimmy G, I think I would do that. Right? I, like, I don't know what kind of contract I'm getting beyond this initial five-year, $137 million deal. It's it's way too much for me either way. So, uh, it's, it's too much to give up. It's too much to pay him. I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want to be in the Jimmy Garoppolo business if I was an NFL GM. Big news of the other day. It looks like the 17-game season is here, starting this year. We'll go through some of the games that we think will be played. Um, some reaction from around the league. Alvin Kamara, short and sweet. Retweeting a Adam Schefter tweet saying, uh, you know, they expected uh, regular season going to 17 games. Kamara said, S, dumb as hell. Yeah. He also was going after people that were going after him. Uh, where like people were making comments to him about the season and stop whining and just play the games. And he was just kind of retweeting them and kind of not even really saying anything, just kind of like hanging about to die. Like, hey, look at this, another idiot like that just doesn't understand. And it's true. I, I know that people have a hard time, you know, comprehending it and just say, oh, you're playing a game. Play one extra game. Who cares? You make a lot of money. Okay. I mean, again, we've we've talked about the fact that Really, every single season takes years off your life. Every game takes takes time off your life. And you're asking them to do one more every single year for, for no compensation? That doesn't make any sense. You wouldn't complain about that at your job? Nope. <laughs> nope. Just, it, it's unbelievable to me. Is there, um, there is more income potential down the road, though. Correct. Down, what, what to get more money for the for the, for the players. extra game? Yeah. Yeah, when they renegotiate their their CBA. So there's no possibility of extra monies until the CBA is up. I mean, I, I'm not an expert on the CBA. I don't yeah. read every every word of it. I don't expect to answer it. I assume there's going to be extra monies down the road that'll go into the salary cap generated from a 17th game. Oh, you're so the saying the you player make a the players right. Right, but the the TV deal's done, right? So I mean, I guess there'll be some 
some local money that's made from you know on extra tickets and concessions and that sort of thing. Um, but I don't know how significant it'll be for the players. And I'll answer honestly. No, I would not love to be told, hey, you know, here's another. I mean, I guess in our case it would be, you know, now you're working on Saturdays. Here's your salary. It's the same. Yeah. In the, in and, the, and I'll also say, here's the difference. I am completely replaceable at an ordinary. Alvin Kamara is not. Like, well, lots of people can do my job. They're, they're, I mean, yeah, an NFL running back, you know, 1,800-yard, you know, per-season guy out of the backfield and catching the ball, a little more valuable and not replaceable as compared to Adam Hill. Running backs, very are, replaceable. Running backs are interchangeable. No, so. not, not, not at his level. So, it's fine. Well, it seems like the NFL treats him that way, but in the case of Kamara, he got a, he, he got a good deal. So. No, as we said, elite receiving running backs are not interchangeable. Between the tackles, first and second down guys are. Coming up next, I want to get to the latest on the college basketball openings, hirings, firings. You know, it was pretty big news over the weekend. I think the guy who is the, or was, the best coach in the conference when it comes to men's basketball, he's gone, and, and it was kind of a blip over the weekend, but it's a major loss for the conference. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Live at Bar Canada inside the D Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company. Big news day in the uh, world of sports. As, uh, we're on a little early today, getting out of the way for the Elite Eight games right here on ESPN Las Vegas. I mean, normally we're on at 2 o'clock, but we go out at 4 o'clock today. Adam Hill, Cofield. So there's so much going on. we got a 17th game, uh, it looks like, in the NFL. So 17 games a year. We'll get to predictions for the Elite Eight. In just a little bit. Adam's got a full breakdown of what went on in UFC this weekend and what's coming in UFC. You and I both love college basketball, probably our favorite sport. And the coaching openings and hirings is always fascinating to watch because in many cases, it's deja vu. Fan bases at schools that are really frustrated that haven't been winning the way they expect to win have these pie-in-the-sky lists. So Indiana... Let's see. Brad Stevens, who's with the Celtics. Okay. He was coveted. Chris Beard, Texas Tech. Right? Miracle worker down there. That'd be a nice choice. Maybe a new name for a lot of people around the country. Although, for us out here and, and just basketball fans in general, Eric Musselman, not really a new name. But, you know, feels young and energetic. Look, look right in the conference. Chris Holtman begging him to come. Uh, we saw goofy rumors last week about Thad Mata potentially sure. taking over Indiana. It's going to be Mike Woodson. Wait, what just happened? Oh. Indiana's hiring Mike Woodson, who we had mentioned 10 days ago that uh, someone was calling on behalf of Mike Woodson like, hey, can you get him in the UNLV mix a little bit? Just to, some mentions. I, I don't know. Maybe it worked. You guys put him in the paper. You put, you put a quick mention that Mike Woodson could be a candidate. I don't think he was. Do you think he's one of the three – Diversity candidates, as uh, Desiree Reeve Francois mentioned, she had told us there were six finalists. 
Could he be in that? Could he? Could he have been in that mix? I don't think so. Well, he's got the Indiana job now, so he does. So shows you a UNLV. You should have been looking at him. Or Indiana had to go to their ninth choice. Not surprising that this keeps happening. No. Co coaches do not leave good spots unless that good spot is disappearing. Hence, Shaka Smart, who will hit in the Big Five in a little bit, going from Texas to Marquette. Now, I don't think Mike Woodson is a horrific hire. I don't don't know that it's a great hire. Uh, He is an IU alum. He is a night guy. I saw a really interesting note. I wanted to double check this one because it that you remember seventy five seventy six college basketball season, right, Adam? Oh yeah, very well. So so Indiana was awesome that year. They went unbeaten. They were thirty two and zero. They had like amazing lead players. Did you have them in your bracket that year? I did not. Even though they were unbeaten, I still picked an upset. No. Uh, but Scott May and Ken Benson, Quinn Buckner was on the team. You know, they were great. You know, it's funny. For the next four years, they were kind of underwhelming. And the lead player on that team was Mike Woodson. He came in as a freshman and averaged like 19 a game in 76, 77. This is all off the top of my head. Um, there was an interesting recruiting story I saw that uh, Woodson came, I think, with his pastor, his mom, and his high school coach to the visit. And apparently Bobby Knight and the high school coach got into an argument. Because a high school coach is like, are you sure he's good with your style? That Mike's going to work with your style? Now, again, this is a recruiting story from like 45 years ago. But I was like, wow, okay. Talk about coming full circle. He decided to go to Indiana, had a really good career, went to the NBA, was pretty good in the NBA, averaged like 15 points a game for his career, has bounced around with several head coaching positions. Wasn't he the guy who – Mike Woodson was the guy who shaved off his eyebrows, right? That sounds right. Yeah, it was real goofy. Uh, but now he's come full circle. He's coming home. Uh, we talked to Kevin Bowen, who does sports radio in Indianapolis, and he was kind of like, "I like." Most people are like, "Who? Who is this?" No, Indiana people know who he is. Sure, but it is a very interesting choice that they were looking to go. You know, I'm not saying Mike Woodson's not high energy and not qualified, but I think the, you know, the the, the mold they were looking for is someone who's at another stop that they feel is a little bit below Indiana, and they're going to steal him from that spot. That's not Mike Woodson. No, I don't think you. Were, I don't think you were really competing with any other colleges to get Mike Woodson. And I was looking. I didn't know how much so college experience he had. I don't think any. No, no. It's all NBA. Does this prove that Indiana is not a great job anymore, or did they botch this? Because there's a reality check at some point. Because they were that was another school, Rick Pitino. Maybe you're just not a big draw anymore. You're not a great job. Because if you are, then because think about this. They spent $10 million in a buyout to get rid of Archie Miller to hire Mike Woodson. I mean, that, that so reeks of UNLV years ago with Dave Rice. Yeah. I mean, it's different because they fired Dave Rice in the middle of the season. But then you come out of this bizarro search that has, you know, has all these twists and turns. And I like Marvin Menzies, but Marvin was probably the seventh or eighth choice. So then you go back to the beginning of it like, in UNLV's case, did you got rid of Dave Rice. Did you not have a plan? You got rid of Arch Miller for $10 million. Did you not have a plan? Clearly, Indiana did not. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. It, it, and if they did, it fell apart. Like if they maybe, did that, have a plan, maybe that's the case. 
if they had a plan and they thought, okay, we're going to get rid of him. I, we got this guy coming in. How do I, maybe they changed their mind. I don't. I don't know if it was one. I mean, the, the way it reads, it sounded like one booster put up the money. Whoever put up the money, you think that booster was like, yeah, Mike Woodson, give me Woodson. <laughs> what happened? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Like to me, I feel like if there was a plan in place that fell apart, it may have been Brad Stevens. And that Brad Stevens had given some indication that he was going to come. And Seems like it has to be. Wasn't. Seems like it has to be. Or, well, then, but here's the thing, Adam. Then you've got to recover. Because if you were getting Brad Stevens, not, and we're talking about the Indiana job going to Mike Woodson, who he may do a good job, right? I know a lot of people, um, you know, the, the media in New York, frankly, doesn't know a whole lot about college basketball. So when they were, they were fired up about Chris Mullen getting the job and they were like, Mike Anderson, to, like, yeah, she's done a pretty good job. Right? To this point, a lot of people were down on that hire. Um, if you don't get Stevens and it falls through, then you've got to have a backup plan. And to me, the backup plan is then, hey, we're going to pay 10 mil to get rid of a coach. Then we've got a budget of like six or seven. We're getting, we're offering anyone we want. Like we're offering Jay Wright. Here you go, Jay Wright, seven million. Or 10, whatever. whatever right, whatever right. Takes. I mean, at that, like if you're big time, do you think Kansas when Bill Self is gone? Is going to wind up hiring a 63-year-old Kansas alum who has not worked in the in the college basketball ranks. Do you or think that's going to happen? Bump you, up an assistant. Do you think they already have a plan? Like, we talked about the whole list thing. Like, you've always got to have a list going as an AD. Sure. Although in Kansas' case, Self's young, and there's no indication he's going anywhere. So maybe they don't. I mean, all the... The issues that are hanging over him with the NCAA, he could, go, to, he could go to the NBA any year now. They have to focus on football anyway. <laughs> they got to fix that. But you get my point. There are, certain, there are certain programs, like Kansas, I believe, will have a plan. But this has happened to other places, too. North Carolina was a disaster for a long time when they, they tried to stay in the family, and then finally they got it right with Roy Williams. Yeah, it's 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 something where you, you would expect Indiana to have been able to go get pretty much any coach they wanted. They, that's where they think they are. They are not really on that level anymore of college basketball. And so it does become more difficult. But, you you know, you would think they probably thought Brad Stevens was going to take the job. When he didn't, you pivot, you start looking around. They absolutely, it, you know, of all the crazy reporting that's going on on this story that has been all over the place, the, the, the Chris Holtman stuff rings the most true, that that was their plan. Okay, if, if Stevens doesn't take it, we'll get Holtman. That's the, that's so we're going to steal another school's coach of the Big Ten. Yeah. I think that was their plan. Wow. And he was plan B. And they lost out on plan A yeah. and plan B. And they, like we said before, this happens so often. Miscalculations, your first like two choices, then three, four, five, or guys who are like, I'm not leaving a job for a place where you blow people out every four years. And it, sometimes it works out. Like, if you look back, Dana Altman was literally the seventh or eighth name mentioned for Oregon. It turned out to be a brilliant hire. Yeah, and 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 well, and he was always—I mean, he was always going to be good no matter where he went. He was a great coach uh, before, but he was a rebound guy. Sure, he had a power five chance. It didn't work. He resurrected his career, and then now he's—I mean—he's a great coach. But to me, Indiana—I think Indiana when they had to go to Plan C, I think they looked around and said, "What was the last big hire in the Big Ten that really, really worked?" It was a former. It was an alum who was an, an NBA coach who hadn't coached in college before. It's Juwan Howard. And they hope that Woodson is Juwan Howard. Well, I'm seeing way too much of that. 
Of what? The whole Shawan Howard's working, so why not go that route? Well, it's... it's I'm not saying... It's copycat. That it won't work, but it just seems like a kind of a cop-out. Like, okay, hey, this is the this is the hot option right now, so let's go with that. Well, Our, but, but I think that was, that was like I said, that's plan C. Yeah. Once you got back plan A and plan B, you're like, okay, what has worked? That worked. Let's copy that. Alum, longtime NBA coach, no college experience. Let's bring him back. Are you surprised that Utah State loses Craig Smith over the weekend? Who I do think, top to bottom, was the best coach. Dutcher's really good, so it's hard saying yeah. Dutcher's not the best, but I think he's the best coach in the Mountain West Conference. I think Utah was going after Alex Jensen, who was a former player. He's an assistant with the Jazz. He turned him down. Craig Smith is a hell of a recovery. I think he's going to do a great job in the Pac-12. Sometimes, sometimes you get backed into the right choice. And I, th- I feel like that's what happened. The, the only surprising thing to me is that it took that long to get to him. Uh, I mean, I thought he was going to take a job somewhere. I thought it would be an even better job, but it makes sense. You know, close by, they've seen the success that he's had. They've it's a good job. He can do. Yeah, Especially with his international ties. Yeah. Imagine if he could land another Kata. I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, but I, I also think it, it, there's got to be a chance that he takes a couple of the uh, Aggies with him, which will, I mean, you think Utah State's pissed now? Right? That Utah just stole its coach? And then it's like, hey, Justin Bean, why don't you come down here? You have two years of eligibility. You know, you can be one of our players. Raleigh Wooster, who I think is going to be great. I don't know if it'll be great in the Pac-12, but he was going to be great in the Mountain West Conference. Hey, you got four years of eligibility. <laughs> Freshman year next year at Utah. Get Kata to come back. Wow. Seems like a long shot. <laughs> I Although I still don't think he's going to go anywhere. I don't think he's going to go in the first round and a half in the NBA draft. You know, it's, it's weird because I would agree, and, and I don't know. I, I think he would go to the NBA anyway, even if he didn't go that high. Yeah. But I will say the really weird thing about, and I, I think I might have even tweeted this out, like s- sitting in those empty arenas for the conference tournaments, uh, for the Utah State semifinal game, I sat with the scouts, and he had such a good game. Now, they're not going on one game, obviously, but they were, like, freaking out. Like, every time he was going up for a block, like, it, it was it was like kids in an amusement park. It was crazy how obsessed they were with him. So I, I think some team might fall in love with him. Uh, but you're right. I mean, I, I think the fact that he expanded his jumper a little bit helps him, but it's not it, it it's definitely a borderline first-round guy. Calling right now, caller 11, 364-1100, It's uh, your chance to win a two-foot classic sub from Porta Subs. 24 inches of premium meats and cheeses and all the goodies piled on way high on your uh, favorite fresh baked bread. It's a slam dunk. Or <laughs> 11. Two foot sub, Porta Subs, 364-1100-364-1100. And, you know, if you can, download the Porta Subs app. I was just checking it out. Pretty easy, and you got a ton of locations around town. So thanks to Porta Subs, call or 11. We'll get a two-footer, 364-1100. Visit Cofield's Corner on LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Time now for Dustin DeHart's Club 99. Back to Steve Cofield. Nick was our winner. Porta Subs giveaway. We'll have another giveaway tomorrow. And programming note, tomorrow we also go noon to four, noon to four, noon to four, as uh, we have another set of Elite Eight games right here on ESPN Las Vegas. 
Coke. I had one over the weekend. Really? Yeah, I'm not a big soda drinker. I'm not either. And I actually prefer Pepsi to Coke. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't even know what I got because for some reason I asked for Coke and I assume since they didn't correct me. Uh, I actually, I will mention both, but I learned that from my father. I'm not sure why my father was so agreeable to servers, but uh, he was a very mannered gentleman. He's still alive, so I don't know why I'm speaking about him in past tense, but he would always say, I'll have a Coke or a Pepsi. So they couldn't come back at him and go, we don't have that. My dad is a olive Coke. Is Pepsi okay? No. Oh, really? He turns it down. But he, he's not. A little Dikembe Mutombo. not mean about rejection. it. Rejection. He's not mean about it. Will your dad he's substitute like, mm, no, RC Cola in? I don't think. Think so? I think I've seen him have like a like a store brand every once in a while. Hmm. But he's he's really really a Coke guy. Very uh, strong. After this war that's been going on now for you know like forty plus years, I think that's really you know maybe maybe yeah forty plus years. I think that's really when they started. Pepsi was able to start you know carving a niche and going head to head with Coke. Pepsi's pulling out all the stops. They're trying. While people are trying to get healthier with their drinks, let's go less healthy and more sweet. Let's go more sweet. How, how is that possible? You can't it go is, more it's sweet. It's always possible. In a soda. Uh, I, I actually, I thought this flavor in the real product was gone forever. I thought the pandemic killed the company. And it is a, it may be the most polarizing candy in all of candy. No. So candy corn is, I think, the most polarizing candy. I still don't know anyone who likes it, but my, I know people do. But I don't. My I don't, grandmother loves it. Really? <laughs> do you just mock her? It's part of why I don't talk to her. Is that really? That's one of the reasons. Yeah. No, it's not I didn't know it was that serious. Uh, no, I. It's a weird candy. Does she like uh, black licorice? I think so. My dad does. Which that's is a weird. weird. It's a weird one too. Yeah, I don't love it. Candy corn is a it's a it's a gross candy. What we're talking about in terms of the controversial polarizing candy are peeps. Peeps, which are there should not be any controversy at all. They are objectively delicious. Oh really? I, wow, I thought you were setting that up for hatred. No, they are absolutely delicious. I'm, I'm actually middle of the road on peeps. I could take them or leave them. It's a marshmallow. But it looked like it looked like peeps were going to go away forever because they stopped production, didn't they? With the well, pandemic, they had too many of them. I thought it was they get over part of it. Was, they were overpeeped. Have they now partnered with Pepsi, and they're going to have Peep Soda? It's pe- it's Peeps Pepsi, which Peepsy. Come on, let's uh, let's go with the name as it should be, Peepsy. Okay, it's easy. Uh, yeah, they they have put it out. There's a Peep flavored soda, but here's the thing: it's like impossible to get. Oh, really? It's like a very special, exclusive thing. You have to win like a sweepstakes to, to get it. They're not going to do this, like a mass consumption thing? Put it out. Yeah, let's do this. Let's try it. I think we, uh, me and Candy talked about this for like four seconds the other day at the very end of the show. Uh, I, I I have not had a soda in a long time. Right. I don't like soda. You never did? I liked it when I was younger, but then I stopped drinking it for a while and I tried it. Like I'll have a, I'll have a Sprite every now and then, which are not terrible. Um, a root beer every once in a while isn't bad, but like I tried to have a Coke, yeah. like a, like six months You're ago. Talking to the king of the root beer over here, Angel loves root beer. Uh, I'll go with like an orange soda if I'm really, or like even a, a grape one. Yeah, but like I've I had a Coke or a Pepsi, I can't remember which one, like six months ago. Gross, I was like, too much. Ugh, yeah. ugh, it's pretty sweet. It. 
But I'm a I, I really like soda, but whatever. This is what a waste. You get me a peeps a a Peepsy? You're in? I am in. Okay. I will drink a six pack of Peepsy. How could it be bad? Pe- peeps are so good. Ari, did you uh did you send out the Peeps pizza? No, no, no. I didn't send it out. Actually, uh, Chris Chapman over on Fox retweeted from uh, a local news gentleman. It's from 2019. It's a Peeps Pizza. I'm going to tweet it out right now. It is repulsive. Repulsive? So you guys would probably love it. So is they, it, it's a pizza with Peeps on it? Do they They must put the Peeps on at right the end now. because if you put them on before you hey. throw it in the oven, they would just melt all over the pizza. I kind of like that. You'd want marshmallow on your pizza. Look cooked in? It's a dessert pie? Do you want it on a regular pizza, or you want it made into a dessert pie? I mean, I'll go either way. You, you would? I'll eat. I'll consume Peeps in any form. You think this mainstream is... soda is gross, yeah. but you're going to eat a Peeps pizza? A Peepsa? Check is it, it just because of the name? No. Because that's I, what it feels like. I, I think, You sound like a horse's ass, and I think no, it's just, peeps to, are delicious. just to be like giggly. No, Peeps are delicious. Yeah. But I think Peeps is a funny name. I, I, would, I would like to have that. You but could, I don't like. I don't know if it's better if you sit the peeps on the pizza after it's done, or if you bake it in. I feel like you bake it in. Okay, well, ba- well bake it in is a nightmare. It's like the globs of uh of the uh, what, what the globs of cheese you put on, like ricotta. Look, ricotta. The ricotta. Yeah, it's like that. No, it's not. I think it is. No, not not really. What were you saying, Ari? Uh, just the pictures up on ESPN Las Vegas. If you want to uh, challenge Adam Hill's ridiculous right. opinion. Oh, it is not. It's like half. Gross. Oh, it's thrown on at the end, and I think it's given a little bit of a bake at the end. They're like dying on. the By the pizza. way, good call though. It, it is like the ricotta. It is. Yeah, you're right. It looks like it. Yeah, that looks gross. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. No, you're not. I, am, I enjoy Peeps. I really I had no do. idea. I think they're tremendous. It's nature's perfect food. <laughs> Nature. <laughs> yes. It is very natural. It's organic, right? Sure, it is organic. I it's in the so. organic section, the yeah. peeps. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it really is just, it's marshmallows with some flavoring. Mar- <laughs> marshmallows are, who doesn't like a good marshmallow? They are pretty good. This is tremendous. Adam was at a fighting event over the weekend. <laughs> uh, by the way, you can hear he is giddy. Michigan's in the Elite Eight, and his guy, I think your favorite fighter since Andre Arlovsky got the job done over the weekend you are on cloud nine. We'll get into uh, Francis Ngannou on the way back. Club 99 is presented by Dustin DeHart at No Home Loans. Want to talk interest rates and ask about getting your mortgage tuned up? Dustin is Cofield's real estate guy. He needs to be yours, too. Call Dustin DeHart at 577-2600. Now, back to Cofield & Company, live at Bar Canada inside the D. Okay, now I get it. Now I get it. All right. I have like 12 topics that we could just take us off the rails and derail us for good. I don't know if I want to do it here. I just actually just I'm having an issue with Twitter. So, Ari, on the tease board, write Cofield issue with Twitter. We'll get to that in the 3 o'clock hour after the big five at 3. Okay? We good? I'm getting. I'm very irked. I'm very irked, and I'm, and I'm most irked because you're so happy about it. That's oh, what's really getting me right now. I'm really happy about something. I just saw a chart that is very interesting. Okay, we'll save save that for. Okay. Uh, 
Maybe we'll, we'll mix up the Big Five. We generally plot out the show, but maybe the Big Five will just be complete upheaval. I'm going to send out a, a chart right now on Twitter that you can just check out, but it'll also go up on the board here, so just so you know. I get it. I get it. I'll, I'll address the board in a little bit. Uh, so it finally happened. It finally happened. Your guy. You've been touting Francis Ngannou for years, and I kept telling you, eh, I don't see it. I don't see the gas tank. I don't see the wrestling skills. Good fighter, but he's never going to be the champ, never going to be dominant. All right, maybe there's a shot now. <laughs> Oops. I forgot one important thing in the world of sports and especially fighting. Fighters can get better. Yeah. They actually can close their holes and their weaknesses. Uh, Ngano, if you don't know who he is, is a guy who, you know, walks around at what, freaking probably 6'4", 275, 280. Does he cut weight? Yeah. Or is he right at 265? He cuts weight. So you're talking about a guy. He's he's an NFL lineman, basically. Yeah, he actually but said, like, he, like, said he wanted to be skinny. He wanted to be smaller for this fight. Shredded. Shredded muscle. Yeah. Like oh, a more, for old timers, like a more cut up George Foreman. And that's always who I kind of compared him to. I'm talking young George Foreman, right? Where George Foreman, like everyone was scared crapless of George Foreman. But, you know, Ali showed, hey, you know, if you fight the right style and you take him into deep waters, he's going to gas out. Joe Frazier could never figure that out because Joe Frazier was like, come forward, come forward, come forward. And it was just like target practices. You know, George Foreman is punching down at his head. Ngannou has suffered some losses or, you know, less than stellar fights where he either gassed out or tried not to gas out. But Saturday was a different story. Well, and he had one. So he fought Stipe Miocic for the heavyweight title uh, in 2018. Near the beginning of the year, January 20th to be exact, and I know that because Francis Ngannou after the fight mentioned that date. It's been stuck in his head for a long time. And he lost that fight. And he was a guy that came into that as this feared knockout guy that was knocking out everybody in the first round. And he, he talked about it last week, um, and I wrote this this uh, profile on him uh, for uh, the paper where he was saying, you know, I went into that fight th- having the same questions everybody else had. Like, everybody's like, can he last five rounds? Can Will he gas out? Can he wrestle with, with the champion? Can he do all these things? And he said he went into that fight having the same questions. He didn't know the answers to those questions. And he said that's why he, he got destroyed in that fight and said, okay. Yeah. I need to learn. I love and, that. And, and I, keep in mind, I, yeah. at that time, in 2018, even though he was 31 years old, he had been training at a high level for five years. That's it. Yeah. He didn't really start until, and if you know his journey, I mean, he was working in, in you know, freaking salt quarries until, you know, from the age of 10 until 22. Yeah, he's, not a, he's not a young guy. He's 34 years old. Right. And, and he tried to get to, to Paris. That was his goal, to get out of Africa, get to Paris. Uh, he he finally did after like two years of attempts to get to sneak into Europe. Uh, found a gym where he thought he was going to be boxing, and it ended up being an MMA gym. And they were like, "Well, we can't really teach you boxing, but we'll teach you MMA." And then four years later, he's fighting for the title. He wasn't uh, ready. There were a lot of people. You know, he lost back-to-back fights against uh, Stipe and then Derek Lewis, where he just didn't fight. He was trying to protect himself yeah. in his gas tank. Um, and apparently I wasn't convinced by these five fights that lasted 45 seconds, 26, 111, and 20 seconds. All all knockouts or TKOs. Lots of betters weren't because he opened as a big favorite and the number came all the way. What was it at uh, the start of the fight? Like minus 125, I think. Because I got Steve A, you know, the day before at plus 120. Not a good play. Yeah. But a lot of people were betting on Steve A. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, again, Steve A has been yeah. he's the most decorated heavyweight champion of all time. Uh, there's good reasons, and he dominated in the first time. But I think what was missed, and as you said, like you can forget, you forget the guys get better. He he went to work after that. He moved to Las Vegas full time, 
settled into a camp, and just got extremely better. And that fight was over, for those that are watching it, when Stipe went for a takedown in the first round. And not only did Ngannou, because uh, I had you know I'd spent a little time around Ngannou in his training camp, so uh, I, I kind of knew the plan. The plan wasn't just to avoid takedowns. The plan was if he tries to take you down, don't not only stop it, make him pay the price so he won't do it again. And so he, he stopped that first takedown, and he hit Miosic with about five or six really big shots. He, he threw about 12, but five or six really hit him. And I think Stipe was like, all right, don't do that again. That, that was a bad idea. And right then, that fight was over. If, if there was an in-progress in betting, it should have gone up to like minus 1,000. Because there was no way after Stipe knew that he couldn't try for a takedown, it was going to happen. Now, what, what people may have missed, and it, you, I think they may have talked about it in the broadcast, but I'm not sure how obvious it was, uh, Stipe got knocked out in the second round, looked like he was almost done. He gets up, and he actually landed a huge right hand when he was in desperation mode that really got, got uh, Ngannou on his heels. But then Ngannou just followed up with, with a, a huge left as Miosic came forward and then just finished him on the ground. One, one of the shots on the ground was just devastating. He folded him up. Uh, his knee was bent back below him. It was it was all over uh, for Stipe. And, you know, Ngannou now, the champion, he's got potential big money fights on the horizon. And uh, there could be a lot, of, a lot of good things here in the UFC. Let's talk about what happens with the big money fights in the Big Five. That's coming up. We do it early, a Big Five at three as we're off to the national feed of the Elite Eight at 4 o'clock today on ESPN Las Vegas. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.